the school system conditions us uh, into being units of production, right? So the more docile and the more compliant you are at school, the more you can advance, right? And that sets you up for corporate life where the more docile and the more compliant you are, and the more you just diligently work and follow orders, the more you advance. Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Panache Desai is a best-selling author, thought leader, and life catalyst whose loving and compassionate presence and unique power of insight have transformed countless of individuals, organizations, and companies throughout the world. Desai helps people break free from suffering and their own limitation on every level, fostering a deeper understanding of who they are, guiding them into a greater state of connection. In today's episode, Panache Desai discusses with us the importance of knowing we're enough. I remember seeing Panache Desai for the first time on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, and I was just so drawn to his message. He was saying things like, we're not broken, and we have so many limitations that we put ourselves, uh, that we put upon ourselves, and we are just these boundless, limitless creatures. He also goes on to explain how our minds have been conditioned to believe that we're continually lacking and how embracing our unique our uniqueness liberates us. I was just so honored to have Panache on the podcast, especially now with his new book, You Are Enough. I was able to read the entire thing. And in fact, I've gone back and read it again because there's so many incredible points and lectures in there that really allow us to create a clear understanding of the things that are standing in our way. We also talk about the COVID-19 crisis and how we can find peace of mind amidst these critical times. If you want to start embracing yourself and understand why you have always been enough, then listen to this episode. I cannot wait to hear if this strikes a chord with you, if it provides some value and what you thought. Without further ado, here is Panache Desai. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. I'm joined by one very special guest, and I have been wanting to interview him for a long time as I've read a lot of what he's written. His book, um, Discovering Your Soul Signature, was one of my favorite books, and now his latest book, You Are Enough. We're going to talk about it today. Everybody, let's welcome Panash Desai. Thank you so much for being here, Panash. I love you, Rosie. Thanks for having me on. It's great to connect with you. I know. Well, we did an Instagram live like right when we currently were in a stay-at-home orders here in the U.S. Uh, I'm in L.A. 
And right when we started to um, the beginning of the quarantine, I think you and I, we went live and you gave us so many incredible tips and just things to, to consider and think about during this time. Um, some of you may or may not know this, but Panache is uh, an incredibly uh, prolific, connected spiritual teacher. And I am just, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's so great to be with you. So obviously we are in a state of tension and in a state of chaos. And I can't think of a, a better time to have something like a tool like this for us to have, to read, to, to do, to consider, to practice. Um, how have you been? What's been your current state of mind? What have you been seeing happening out in the world? And um, do you agree that now is the perfect time for us to be reading something like this? So I've been great. Um, the signal that I was looking for was the World Health Organization declaring this global pandemic. Uh, at that point, I pulled my kids out of school. I have a, a daughter who has a suppressed immune system. Uh, she had a heart transplant when she was 18 months old. And so I'm always very vigilant about making sure that she's safe and making sure that we're advocating on behalf of her immunity and collectively the immunity of the children and the family at large. And so since then, um, I've been the only one going out uh, getting provisions, getting supplies. And we've basically just been self-quarantined and self-isolating since then. And what I can say to you all is that as much as uh, we're going through something that's unprecedented, uh, there are two realities playing out simultaneously. There's an aspect of us at the level of the soul that knows that everything's going to be okay. And some of us don't know how we know that, but we know everything's going to be okay. There's a knowing that's all pervasive within us. And then there's also the reality of being on the phone every day with families who have family members on respirators and ventilators, not knowing if they're going to make it, you know, counseling business owners uh, around how they navigate the financial reality of this or dealing with people who are still invested in the markets. And, you know, my, my role spans over lots of different areas and different strata of life and living. And so I have been fully immersed uh, in the front lines of this. And what I can say to you all is that, the virus absolutely deserves our respect. Uh, it's going to be here, and we are going to learn how to live in the presence of this virus. And yet, as much as it deserves our respect, we don't have to be afraid. You know, we have to now more than ever deploy all of the grace and all of the spiritual practice that we've been engaged in for all of the years to know that who we really are is a luminous presence. Who we really are is a unique divine expression. And yes, we have a body, which is wonderful. It allows us to navigate this reality, but we are not just this body. We have a mind, and yes, we're going to have thoughts, and some of those thoughts are going to be fearful, and we're going to have worst-case scenarios that are going to be pouring through our minds. But yet, at the same time, we have access to this deeper truth. And then finally, yes, we have feelings, but we are not our feelings. And so when we begin to explore who we are beyond the premise of the material manifest world, and beyond this notion of a body and a mind and feelings, and we get to the truth, which is the essential self, we can really begin to uncover what this time is about. And it's about a time of mass global awakening. Nothing happens in isolation. Things happen beyond the boundaries of uh, nation states, beyond the distinctions of religious ideologies and beyond beliefs. 
things are happening to every single person from every walk of life. And what I can say to you all is that by fully embracing the gift of this time, our family has come closer together than ever before. My wife is teaching kindergarten and first grade every day in my family room. It just fills my heart with so much joy. Uh, we're eating three meals every day together. Uh, we are fully immersed in this energy of being a family. And so as much as we're dealing with the reality of helping people navigate the more, the more critical elements of what do I do with my business? What do I, how do I navigate the physical reality of this? You know, what do I do? I'm still invested in the market, right? How do I make it through this? There's a deeper thing that's emerging. And that deeper thing is our opportunity to reclaim the knowing that we're enough and to build our life on a platform of peace. Yeah, I, lo I love that. I mean, everything that you said, I agree with so much of everything that you said. I, I love that you are making the call for us to um, respect what is happening, right? To, to uh, acknowledge that there is uh, this, this um, the illness that, that is COVID-19 for us to really consider this as something that we should be aware of respect pay attention to but also not let it create a, a deep sense of fear because fear is so crippling for us right i mean i i love that this ties into this whole idea uh not even idea this belief that we are enough because i know so many people who are really going through it right now i mean you or i i mean being in quarantine is a privilege right i mean we are in a privileged space the fact that we get, we have a home, we have the people that we love in our home, we get to, you know, be mindful and care for others by taking care of ourselves, by not exposing ourselves to, uh, you know, putting ourselves in a situation where we can get ill. That is a privilege, you know, but I, I understand that there are a lot of people out there who are spinning in this web of fear and what, what's going to happen, future thinking, right? But I really want to address where we were prior to this state. Like, were we happy before? What was happening prior to this global pandemic? Because wherever you go, there you are, right? So I, I want to just talk a little bit about that conditioning. And it really ties into a, a chapter of your book that I, prior to us recording, I was telling you about that really struck a chord with me because... I grew up in the early 90s during the LA riots and I was in East LA during this really chaotic time. There was a lot of gang violence and I was sort of in this fight or flight constantly. And that's how I, I grew up. I was, was overcome by this fear. I just always had fear. It was just something normal that I lived with. And by the time I was a teenager, it began to manifest and I started to have um, insomnia, anxiety attacks. I was uh, overeating, like all of these things started to come to the surface. And obviously through yoga and meditation, I was able to um, resolve a lot of these things that were living outside of me. Uh, I mean, it's a longer story than that, but, but for me, the conditioning part that I just felt an overwhelming sense of fear of the uncertainty. I don't know how long this virus is going to be out there. I don't know 
if I'm going to be okay. I don't know if I'm going to have a job after this. Some people I know do not have a job anymore. And then you go into the internals of, am I enough? Am I going to be able to get through this? Do I have the tools that I need in order to survive this? So um, a lot of that comes from, I think, just conditioning of whatever it is that you're playing in your mind, right? So can you speak to that a little bit? So from the moment we were born, we have been fundamentally conditioned out of our magnificence. Uh, and it was done unconsciously. So our parents uh, unconsciously mold to us what love is supposed to be on the side of our mother. And our father uh, unconscious to, um, um, modeled to us what uh, safety is supposed to be. And so here we have these distorted kind of archetypes for what love is and what safety is. Um, in the majority of instances, love can represent depression or anxiety or overwhelm. And the one thing that's missing in the transformational space is, is this complete understanding of who we are as vibrational beings. We're completely empathic. And so when mom models to us uh, anxiety or depression or fear as love, then we hold that as our way of thinking or feeling that that is what love is. And we don't even know that we're doing it. And it becomes the undercurrent of our experience. And if dad's filled with rage and dad's holding on to rage as safety, then guess what? We start to embody that rage in order to feel safe. And so gradually from there, it just continues to deepen and deepen and deepen. The school system conditions us uh, into being units of production, right? So the more docile and the more compliant you are at school, the more you can advance, right? And that sets you up for corporate life where the more docile and the more compliant you are and the more you just diligently work and follow orders, the more you advance, right? And that's, it, it, that's basically the formula. And so at some point, this conditioning moves us fundamentally away from who we are, which is love, which is just love. And in this conditioning, moving us away from who we are, all of a sudden we start to feel like we're not enough. We lose our North Star. We lose our anchor point. We lose that place inside of us that is the truth, that is the essence, that is the essential part of ourselves. And so conditioning is like social programming. I mean, it's literally like repetitive programming over and over and over again. And I'm sharing this with somebody the other day. You know, somebody asked me, Pinoche, what's the anatomy of, of this dynamic that you're talking about? And I said, it's easy. I said, it's pain then perception, and then experience, right? So what most of us have done is we've built our lives on a platform of pain. That pain distorts our perception and it colors our experience. What we don't realize is that this is unconscious creation. Mm. We are unconsciously creating from pain and that pain can be the anger that we didn't allow ourselves to feel. It can be the sadness that we never allow ourselves to get in touch with. It can be just the survival-based fear that's all pervasive. You know, I grew up in East London, so I understand that survival-based energy really well, right? You're in this soup of survival. And uh, we didn't have gangs. We had homeowners associations, but it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so, you know, uh, this is the environment that we're in, but it's amazing how normalized we can become, right? To the fear, to the sadness, and to the anger. Right? And so what we have to do at some point is recognize that transformation happens at the level of feeling. When we change our energy, we change our lives. And that shift has to happen at the level of emotion because emotion is just energy in motion. And so we literally are being guided into waking up 
but waking up to who we are at the level of feeling because we live in a feeling-based reality and everybody and everything is responding to us based on how we feel about ourselves. And that's why I'm so meticulous and diligent in the book because we have to shift out of feeling like we're not enough into feeling like we are in order to live the life that we deserve to have. Yeah, and I, I love, I mean, you give so many different examples of uh, how to do that, you know, how to step into the feeling of being enough, you know. I, I think that for, for some people, maybe they've never experienced what that feels like. They, they don't know what it's like to feel fulfillment, that type of fulfillment, that type of um, wholeness. I'll, I'll, one of the things that you said, and this was like during one of the, uh, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday that I will never forget. And it's something that struck a chord in me and I've been following you ever since. But you said that we're not broken, right? So we, we are not broken. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I found truth to, I found it to be truth. And I think we recognize truth when we know truth. Like, how do you know what's true? You just know it's true. And when you said that, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And I said, wow, that's true. That is true. We're not, we're not broken. We have conditioning. Like that's what that is. And, and there's the difference. So for the people perhaps that feel that they are, I'm doing air quotes, broken, or they feel like the feeling of being enough is so elusive for them because they've never experienced that. What would you say to them? So the reason why we feel like we're broken is because we're holding our self-image up to somebody else's self-image. Uh, and we're doing it now through all kinds of platforms. Uh, oh, social media. And so it's just comparison central, right? Yeah. And so uh, what I would say to you is that the same energy that made you right now is expanding the universe out into infinity. And so regardless of your belief, I'm going to use the word God, but you can substitute that word for love or for source or for just the isness of life, whatever you choose to replace that word with is fine with me. But God wasn't having a bad day when you were made. Let's just take a breath. You weren't made from spare parts. You weren't made in a rush, okay? <laughs> like, you, like, you didn't all of a sudden just appear in the universe as an afterthought. Oops, wait, I forgot about Rosie. Quick, let's make <laughs> Rosie quickly. You know, just slap the glue on, right? Right, whatever there. you Quick, find. Get her out there, we need her, right? So, so we weren't an afterthought, right? So what does that mean? That means like, just like everything in nature is perfect by its design, so are we. So where do we start to feel like we're broken? Because all of a sudden we are conditioned for conformity, mm. right? But the more we conform, the more we suffer. Our superpower is our uniqueness, right? Like you're never going to meet another Rosie Acosta ever again in the way that Rosie Acosta is being who she is. It's not going to happen. That's her superpower. But we don't realize that. If she was trying to show up as some other version of herself or being somebody that she admired, or being some other aspect that people deem that she needed to be, living up to other people's expectations or requirements, then we would never meet the authentic power that she is. And as much as that's true about her, it's true about all of you. It's time to start working with your design. Instead of fighting with your mind, how about we just start embracing the mind? Instead of resisting your emotions, how about we start accepting our emotions? How about we start working with who we are? and relaxing into the totality of who we are. And that's really what discovering your soul signature was about. You know, it's a 33 day journey 
out of fear into love, out of judgment into acceptance. And I knew that that was important foundationally because we still live in a world today where people think that they're broken, that they're the problem, that they're the issue, that there's something wrong with them, and they're not. It's just that they're looking for love, acceptance, and approval from people on this planet that don't love, approve, and accept of themselves. So how are you ever going to find it? You know, we've been conditioned to look outside of ourselves for that which we can only authentically source from within. And I'll give you a very clear example. You're in a relationship, all of a sudden that relationship dissolves. In that moment, you're devastated because you think the love has gone away. The love hasn't gone away. The love was always inside of you. It's just in the presence of that other person, you finally allowed yourself to tap into the love that you had inside of you all along. We are self-enclosed units of experience. Everything's happening inside of us. Nobody's making us angry. We're being reminded of the anger that we have inside of us. Nobody's making us sad. Nobody's doing anything to us. We're just being reminded through all of these different mirrors, all of these different beautiful reflections as to what we have to embrace about ourselves. And in particular, the parts of ourselves that we've rejected, that we've denied love to, and that we have judged. Those are the parts that we especially have to embrace. And so I promise you, I have never met a broken human being. I've never met uh, somebody who was an accident or an afterthought. You are all living, breathing, walking miracles. And when you finally embrace your, huma your humanity, you open up to the potential of your divinity. When you embrace who you are at the level of uh, your emotions, your thoughts, your physicality, all of a sudden that light that you have inside of you is liberated and it's mm. expressed beyond you and it serves to set the world free. And this is the power that you have. This mm. is the power that you've always had and it lives within you now. I love that. I love that so much. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of my favorite companies, Care Of. I have been waiting to work with them for a long time. They are a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs. Whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or something to support your health and fitness routine, Care Of helps you build and stick with a plan that is right for you. And what better time to focus on our healthy routine than now? We're in the middle of this pandemic, and it's such a great time to really focus on our immunity, the things that are going to make us feel good, the things that are going to nourish us. It was so easy to find the right supplements for, for myself. All I had to do was take a five-minute quiz, and the questions were super easy. They were all about my diet, lifestyle, my health needs, what I was looking for, and I know that Care Of only provides research-backed recommendations with vitamins, supplements, and protein powders based on my own unique needs. And I know this is random, but I was so impressed with their packaging. I mean, even the packaging is customized for yourself. The vitamin packs and protein tubs have your name on them. So you feel like somebody out there is actually really taking, I mean, no pun intended, they're really taking care of you. And, you know, it's its such a huge difference to have supplements come from a company that really sources their ingredients to make sure that they're only providing the highest quality. They care about the environment. So they're 
packs are compostable and you can get so much more than what is recommended. For those of you who want to focus on creating better health, go to takecareof.com and enter the code LOVED50 to get 50% off of your order. That's L-O-V-E-D 50 to get 50% off of your entire order. And now back to our show. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is, do you think that it's, do you think it's implicit that we, do we have to be open to receiving that conduit of energy, that feeling, that state of love? Or do you think it just happens spontaneously? I ask because I know that there are a lot of people out there who are suffering and maybe they don't realize that the issue is, you know, it's the person that is, has broken up of, in, from the relationship and they feel totally broken. They feel like they'll never experience love ever again, maybe because they're not awake to the fact that exactly what you said, that that love lives within them. So is it implicit that we are open to f- discovering that we are enough or feeling that we are enough? Or do you think that we all just have that within us and it, it's something spontaneous that just happens? For me, it's, it's been just a great journey because I've just been reminding people of who they are. And in that reminding them of who they are on every level, they naturally start to then open up to that potential impossibility. You see, because all of the deepest truths that have ever been spoken exist inside of us, right? All of, all of the, the, the sacred texts, all of the wisdom that's ever been uttered is inside of us. We're connected to it. It's a part of us. It's who we are. And so when we're reminded we have a moment of recognition, right, from a part of us that's deeper than the mind, right? We're, all of a sudden, we're, we're just struck by that truth. Like when I was on Oprah and I said, you know, you're not broken, and you had that moment of recognition. Mm-hmm. It's that moment of recognition that's the entry point in the doorway through which grace comes in. And so in this moment, just recognize that uh, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of what you've gone through, regardless of what you're experiencing, that in any given moment, when you begin to realize that you are the solution, that you are the solution, that you have everything that you need inside of you, that you've gone through every experience that you've needed to go through to be prepared for this time, I'm not just saying that. And I'm going to give you a very real world example. So my first crisis was September the 11th. And uh, I was at the ashram, uh, upstate New York, and we were uh, in the middle of selfless service. And all of a sudden, we turned on the TV and we were watching this very surreal occurrence of watching these planes crashing into the Twin Towers. And it was absolutely surreal and out of the context of the meditation retreat and the peace that I was experiencing. But you know what? In that moment, we immediately went into prayer, immediately went into connection, immediately went into service. And... Uh, began supporting as many people as possible in returning to calm. Mm-hmm. My second crisis was 08 and 09. And as much as that was a, a, you know, a fiscal crisis, it was a, a crisis that was perpetuated through, let's say, uh, some overzealous lending, uh, that was still um, you know, an issue for so many, right? Because it fundamentally rocked so many people's realities. All of a sudden, people were being evicted out of their homes, foreclosures, unemployment, et cetera, et cetera, right? My third crisis was with my daughter, who spent the first 18 months of her hospital, 18 months of her life in the hospital. Uh, five open heart procedures, open heart transplant, 
And subsequently, uh, during one of those open heart procedures, she flatlined for eight minutes. And then being with her through rejection, uh, severe rejection, and now seeing her through to the finality of that, to the point where she's healthy. And now this is my fourth. And this one, uh, sorry, and then there was the hurricane, which was the fourth, uh, because I was here in Naples. And uh, I went through the hurricane here uh, in Naples, in my home, which prepared me to be in Naples, to navigate crisis in Naples, and to be equipped to navigate this time, right? And so literally all of these events throughout the course of my life have served as a time of preparation for everything that's happening now. You know, the absolute shock and surreal nature of 9-11. It was just absolutely out of the context of anything that we had ever seen. And, and you can liken that to now with this virus. I mean, it's just surreal. You know, it, it's like a, a, a story of a movie. I mean, it's just absolutely surreal, the surreal nature of that, right? Then the financial crisis, which is now in some ways mirroring what's happening right now with people losing their savings, losing their jobs, you know, heightened uh, unemployment that's, you know, going to balloon, uh, sorry to say very quickly, mm-hmm. and, uh, and all of the uncertainty in the financial markets, right? Then um, going through this very personal crisis with Celeste and almost losing a child and navigating my way through that and being reduced to being on my knees to where I finally had to surrender her and the outcome of her life in order to find some semblance of peace again to where I could function in my own heart and be available for a global community as well as my wife and my mother and my three other children. Then the hurricane. I'm like Rambo in Naples. I can survive here like <laughs> any other person. I know, I know. It's true, right? I'm so equipped for, for crisis here. I know, I know every inch of my house. I know where everything is. I know, I know how to navigate my reality here. Like I'm good in Naples. Right. I'm good, right? Because after the hurricane, for about 30 days, we had, we had no power. We we're living off a generator, right? And I had to navigate very quickly everything related to my home, everything related to life in Naples. And so what I'm sharing with you is that even though your story may not be exactly the same as mine, I want you to know that all of you too have gone through your own time of preparation, right? And so this isn't all of a sudden something that's happening to where we have to flounder. We have to lean on ourselves and advocate on behalf of just the next peaceful choice and decision that we can make because that peaceful choice and decision is a choice that's made from connection. It's responding instead of reacting. It's tapping into intuition and guidance instead of just going on the say-so of what's unfolding around us. Because in one moment, it's like, it's not a big deal. It's a hoax. Everybody just carry on as usual. And then it's like, everybody better stay at home. And oh, by the way, now you better wear a mask when you go outside. Yeah. Changed our mind on this whole thing, right? So this is where the more peaceful we are, the more we understand that we've been prepared for this time, the more we recognize that we're supported in every way and going through this, the more we realize that we really are enough. The more we realize that our experiences have led us to this moment to be able to navigate our way through this time peacefully and from a place of connection. I love that. Wow. You know, that, that's a perfect segue to talking about flexibility. I mean, that's exactly what you're saying now. There's one, there's one of the, um, 
short quotes that you wrote, uh, and this is in the chapter of, of flexibility, which I believe is chapter nine. Um, you wrote, life will always challenge you in order to bring you from rigidity to flexibility, from control to allowing. And that's exactly what you're saying, right? That's part of this whole idea of being able to just choose grace, choose God, choose love, choose that state that's going to keep you in uh, the present moment in a state of calm and a state of ease. So, you know, saying that for, for you, what is your what is your hope or desire for us in, in this time? We, we have no idea how long this is going to last, right? We have no I, idea how long we're going to be in this. Some people are saying a couple more weeks, months. Some people are saying, you know, through the end of summer. We, and we don't know. We have no idea. So we're all in this. This is the greatest equalizer that I've ever experienced and maybe many of us have ever experienced experience in our lifetime because we are all equally concerned for the people that we love, right? We're all concerned for our, our well-being, our financial well-being, our spiritual well-being. So as a spiritual teacher, what is your desire for us during this time? What should we be putting our energy into? So ever since this began, I've been holding uh, cold calm meditations every morning uh, since the 16th of March, and have also been working with people to help them navigate their way through this particular time. And there's one commonality that I've noticed, Rosie, this, this whole window of time and everything that's going to unfold beyond this immediate window of crisis is about getting in touch with all of the survival-based energies and tendencies that we have inside of us we're literally being purged of our fear, lack, and scarcity. Mm. Because, because when you think about it, what is the virus doing? It's, it's challenging us at the level of our health and physical well-being, And because of the impact it's having on the economy, it's also challenging us at the level of our livelihood, right? And all of that is survival. And so when I see this from a spiritual perspective or from a vibrational or energetic perspective, what I see is a mass purging of humanity's accumulation of survival-based energies and tendencies. And here's why this is important. Because whenever I work with anybody individually, the first thing I have to address is everything within them that's stuck in survival. Until we get that person back to peace, they can't open up to possibility, they can't open up to any other potential. Why? Because they're in survival. And, and the truth is that most of us don't even know that we're in survival. There was some trauma that happened when we were younger, our needs weren't met, we weren't nurtured, there was some pain, uh, something that occurred that shook us from this place of oneness and connection to the absolute into all of a sudden feeling like, you know, there's something going on here. We better all of a sudden uh, get it together and create this protective layer around us called an identity. Oh. Right. So, so what I'm advocating on behalf of right now is that as much as you all go through this peacefully, you're going to pass through it gracefully. We as a species are collectively being asked to choose loving one another and advocating on, on behalf of the health and well-being of one another over our survival. And every single person who chooses to love themselves, to love their families, and to advocate on behalf of every other person that they're connected to in this world, the more they're going to get the gift of this time. Also, this is a very dynamic time of figuring out what you're doing in your relationship. Husbands and wives are all of a sudden at home for the first time ever 
spending an extended amount of time together outside the outside of the obligatory family vacation that they take once a year, right? Because right. they have to do that, right? So now all of a sudden people are relearning how to be in relationship. Some people are relearning how to parent, right? Some people are relearning how to nurture and love themselves. So it's like we've all been putting a giant time out. And it's like until we hit the reset button on ourselves, meaning that we get to a place of clarity to where we understand what our need actually is on a daily basis. What is it that we actually need? Because the truth is, I'm not really missing anything, right? We're, 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 I'm with my family, right? Thank God I'm buying provisions to get what we need to eat, right? So we've got food, we've got shelter, we have each other. Outside of that, what is it that we actually need? At some point, we have to challenge this concept of production and consumption mm-hmm. as being a metric of our value, because it isn't. By virtue of the fact that you are here and you are breathing, you have value. And that is more valuable than anything that you could ever generate or create within your lifetime. Because we've seen through the, through the journey of this particular crisis that all of that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter what you've done and what you have and what you've accumulated. Every single person is being impacted. You're right. It's the great leveler. It's the great leveler of life, right? All of these boundaries, societal boundaries are just collapsing in on themselves, right? Everybody's being impacted equally. And so what I would say to you, please, is to, as much as possible, connect to calm. You know, join me every morning. You know, come at 9 a.m. Eastern. Connect to calm, right? Be supported in being free of those survival-based energies. You don't need to be living in fear, lack, and scarcity anymore. You know, nothing in nature goes to an abundance workshop. There are no seminars for squirrels on how to 10x their supply of nuts, right? Or, or, or how to invest <laughs> their nuts properly so that they accumulate and calm down, right? There's no strategy. There's no email funnel sequence for, nut, for squirrels on, you know, uh, how to compound your business and generate leads. <laughs> right. right? Nothing, nothing like that is happening in nature. You know, like cows aren't coming to, you know, self-help seminars, right, to connect with their authentic selves. Right. We're the only species that's confused. But we're confused because we've moved so far away from ourselves and we've empowered everything outside of ourselves because we don't feel like we're enough. So what I'm saying to you is come back to the truth that you are and access the greater power and potential that's being demonstrated by everything in nature because there is nothing in nature that's in crisis right now. Trees aren't worried. The grass isn't worried. The squirrels aren't worried. Nothing is worried. In fact, nature's finally getting a break from all of us. Have you seen all of those studies that everything about how the water in Venice and the air in China, like all of these different elemental uh, things are happening. The earth is reset. It's that we're giving the earth an opportunity to take a breath. And it, it took just a day or two for it to just go back to its baseline, which I find fascinating. Yeah. So that's why we have to get back to our baseline, right? What is that? Right? What is our baseline? What is it that we actually need? Not the illusion that we're sold Mm -hmm. of money, power, fame, and success, because that's completely unsustainable. Like if you haven't figured out by now that that's a one-way ticket to misery, then let me just tell you that it's a one-way ticket to misery. Let's just save you some time. 
because I've met enough people that have checked <laughs> off all of those things off their list and they're miserable because they don't have any peace. They don't have any connection. They did all of that to prove that they were enough, right? And so at some point, we have to just revert back to the, to the natural state of being that we have inside of us, which is peace, which is who we are. So when you're authentically being who you are, you feel peaceful. Everything else is not you, right? Everything else comes and goes. There's an impermanence to every experience. But there's a peace inside of you that's ever-present, that's always available to you. And the more you can just rest in the awareness of your breath, it's called living breath awareness, the more you can just become aware of what's naturally happening in every moment, the more you're breaking free of the predictable past and the more you're freed of this uncertain future and the more you're able to just appreciate your life right now. You know, I'm watching the news, but I'm watching the news for a whole other reason. As the infection rate goes up and as these souls are transitioning at this time, I'm thanking every single person that is transitioning and I'm sending them all of my love and all of my light and especially all of their families. And I'm using that to make the most of this window of time so that I go through the reset that I have to go through so that I make the shifts that I have to make so that all these people that don't get to wake up tomorrow, they don't get to be here, that they didn't just die in vain, that we're getting the message because guess what? How much do you think that they would love to be in quarantine right now with their families? right, or be in any circumstance or situation. Well, that's the gift and the blessing that we have. So we have an opportunity. We can continue to perpetuate all of these outdated and outmoded systems and structures that don't work for the majority of the people on this planet. Or we can realize that the version of the world that's ending is the version of the world that doesn't work for everybody on it anyway. And begin to do our part to simplify to return to nature, to return to harmony, and most importantly of all, to return to our hearts. Mm. Oh, Panash, thank you so much. I have just two more questions to ask you. I want to be respectful of your time, but as always, I mean, this has just been such an enlightening pleasure, and I'm, I'm so grateful for you and all the work that you're doing. It truly is inspiring, and I'm, I'm just so beyond grateful. Um, okay, so what is your biggest dream for your children? My biggest dream for my children is that they get to live on a planet where they're fully embraced for who they are and that they don't need to be anything other than who they are in order to be loved. And as much as that's my dream for them, that's my dream for everyone that's listening to me right now. I love that. What advice would your 95-year-old self give you now? My 95-year-old self would, would say to me right now, I'm proud of you. You know, thank you for going through every hard thing you've gone through. Thank you for going through every challenging thing that you've gone through. Thank you for choosing the journey that you've chosen. Because by the time you get to where I am, you're going to realize a way of life and living that you can't even begin to envision or imagine now. That is so, that is so beautiful. Most of the time people take a moment to think, but you just, that is so lovely. Panash, you are just so incredible. I'm so grateful for you. For the people that are listening to this podcast interview or people that are watching this on YouTube, where should they go for more information? 
Uh, you can go to my website, which is panachedesai.com, P-A-N-A-C-H-E-D-E-S-A-I.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. So if you go to the info button of this particular podcast, that link will be there. And I want to let you all know that we bought 10 copies of this book and we're going to be giving them away on Instagram. So all you have to do to get your copy of this incredible book is tag this particular podcast on your Instagram story or on Instagram and just tag both Panache and myself and you will get your copy in the mail. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Panache, I have one final question for you before we go. And again, I just wanna express my gratitude. I, I think that you are absolutely the Rambo of spirituality and I am so <laughs> unbelievably grateful for you. And I'm just so excited that um, we're in, in the same uh, health and wellness, spiritual health, uh, mind, body, spirit connection world. And I, I just, I look forward to continuing to connect with you and, and staying in touch with you. So that being said, here's the final question. I created this podcast as a way for people to go to, to get inspired, to feel supported. And it's from this idea, similar to your ethos, that we are all radically loved and radically supported by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding, that the universe works for us and not against us. And so the final question for you is, how do you feel radically loved? I feel radically loved in this moment in just being who I am and in allowing the fullness of my being myself to invite you into that same space. You see, love isn't what we've defined it to be. Love is to be with. So when I get to be with you, I am loving you. And when you get to be with me, you are loving me. And that's how I feel radically loved, in having the gift and the blessing of being able to be with all of you. Thank you so, so much. That is, what a beautiful blessing. Thank you for everything, for all the work that you do. Uh, I pray for you. I pray for your family. And I'm just so, so grateful to live in a world where there are people like you. And I just, I look forward to continuing this conversation in the future. Panache, thank you again so, so much. We are so grateful for you. Thank you, Rosie. I'm grateful for you too. And I look forward to, uh, our continued get-togethers on Instagram at some yes. point. Sending you yes. some Yeah, so if you're, thank you so much for listening to this. If you enjoyed this particular episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, rate and review. We always appreciate it. We love to hear from you. Thank you all so, so much for being part of the Radically Loved community. And we will see you or chat with you again next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.